Amen. The psalm reading today is Psalm 23. This time, listen. You already said it, but this time you need to listen. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> when we say it, we have a tendency to forget little pieces of it. And when you listen to it, something will catch your mind that you didn't hear before, where you're at and where God wants you to be. Okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The next reading is the Gospel reading from John 10, 11 to 18. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am a good shepherd. I know my own, and my own knows me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And the epistle reading is 1 John 3, 16-24. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the, the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, in our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. When we hear scriptures about giving up our lives, stories like this one from G. Curtis Jones come to mind. Clark Vandersall Poling was a classmate of mine at Yale Divinity School. In due time, he became a chaplain in the army. On a dark February night, the third to be exact, 1943, the cargo transport Dorchester, carrying 904 men, was torpedoed at 1.15 a.m. and sank in iceberg-infested waters within 25 minutes. The ship was within 90 miles of her Greenland destination. 678 men were reported lost in action. According to the quartermaster, Frank A. Benkler's affidavit, there were four chaplains aboard, including Clark, Jewish, Catholic, and Protestant. Without regard for personal safety, each chaplain unfastened his life jacket and gave it away. The courageous men were last seen standing hand in hand, praying for the safety of their men. Greater love has no man than this, says John 15, 13. That story is powerful and beautiful, and it is quite a dramatic example of someone laying down their life for someone else. But how many of us will find ourselves in such a situation? And how then can we, who will probably not find ourselves in such a situation in our lifetime, show that sort of sacrificial love in our own lives? How can we find day-to-day -day ways to show sacrificial love? Laying down our lives for others does not literally mean dying for another person. It can lead to that. But what John is really getting at here is living for the good of others first in all that we do. If you live for the good of others first, that might mean handing someone your life vest when they haven't got one. But that's not all John means. It's not even his main point. 1 John 3.17 says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? The Apostle John has very little tolerance for people who have means and yet do not use them to look out for those with less privilege and means. John is talking about using your resources to protect others, such as being careful what companies you patronize, because let's face it, there are some companies out there that treat people terribly. There are manufacturers that exploit children for production of goods, there are ones that have destroyed entire local economies, ones that don't care well for their employees' health and financial needs, and many others. I'm not going to name names. You can do your own research on that, my friends. But self-sacrifice is little daily actions as much as these big once-in-a-lifetime ones. Self-sacrifice might mean letting an antsy driver in to merge in front of you. 
Laying down your life might mean allowing that person who has just cornered you talk your ear off for a while instead of making an excuse to bow out of the conversation. Sometimes sacrificial love means getting up a little early to start the coffee for your loved ones so they don't have to. Because all those little things add up to a lifetime of putting other people first. It is a mindset and a spiritual focus that changes how we act in even the smallest of moments. And they change something about you. Christ-like love changes us, both when we are the recipients and when we are the sharers of it. It changes us when we realize how much Christ gave up to show us love. And it changes how we see the world when we consciously and constantly reorient our own lives and actions for the well-being of the people around us. Just before this passage, John has said that those who don't really love one another are living in death. Loving one another is to turn away from a life lived in the shadow of death and fear and self-interest in order to live in the light of Christ. And here, John says that the only way to truly love is to act sacrificially, just as God did in Jesus Christ. Even if we wanted to, we cannot ignore this fundamental commandment to love sacrificially, because this commandment to love is grounded in the love that Jesus showed for us on the cross. Jesus died to show us the power of this commandment. The commandment to love requires us to remember that our standing before God is made whole because of that sacrifice. It is our confidence in the love of Christ that gives us the confidence to go forward and love others like Jesus did. The commandment to love is a command to act, not to think, not to feel, to act. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth, in actuality. Just as we know Christ's love through his action on the cross, others know God's love through us by our actions. The early Latin writer Tertullian of Carthage declared that the one thing that converted him to Christianity was not the arguments they gave him because he could find a counterpoint for every argument they would present. He was not a humble man. <laughs> but they, just, they demonstrated something I didn't have. The thing that converted me to Christianity was the way they loved each other. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. When I am asked to preach that particular passage at weddings, which is about 90% of all weddings, one of the main things I say about this passage is that it isn't about romantic love, because it's not. 
It's about Christian love modeled after Jesus Christ, and it is a great list of how to put others first in action. 1 Corinthians 13 is a passage for those ready to take self-sacrificial action. Because let's face it, when we are impatient or unkind, who are we putting first? Self. When we are envious of what we don't have or boastful of what we do have, who are we focusing on first? Self. When we are arrogant or rude? Self. Actions speak louder than words. If you've ever been separated from a loved one by physical death, which I think most of us here have, you've probably experienced this from the other side as the recipient of words or actions. And reflect on that for a moment. People say many things to grieving families and friends. It's often like they can't help themselves from saying things. They feel like they have to say things. And sometimes their words feel nice, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they feel empty. But rarely do we remember exactly the words people say to us in those times of need and loss. What stands out in those moments is their presence, the sacrifice of time. We remember who brought us food, sacrifice of time and resources. We remember who was there with a hug, sacrifice through loving action. We remember who sat for a very long time and just listened to us mourn, sacrifice of time and self-interest. This is the sort of thing that John is talking about here. Words are cheap. Love is cheapened when we reduce it to nice words or leave it up to those brave enough to go down with the ship. Real love is big. Love is powerful. And in showing sacrificial love, we give meaning to the gospel that we say with our words. Sacrifice giving up our lives, means giving up the control over our stuff and our actions. Sometimes it looks like a missionary called to a dangerous place where they could literally die taking the gospel to or caring for other people. Sometimes it's selling everything or quitting a stable and well-paying job to start a new mission or ministry, but it's not usually that drastic. Sacrificial love also puts a piece of clothing it likes back on the rack because the maker is unethical. It uses its daily actions as a way to look out for other people. Sacrificial love sits next to the Muslim woman who's being harassed on the bus because of her attire. It looks out for a person in a dangerous or humiliating situation with no regard for its own safety or dignity. Sacrificial love looks the homeless man in the eye and says, Hello, God bless you, dear brother. How can I pray for you today? Because it upholds the dignity of all people. It sets aside our earthly claims of status and says, We're all just people here. It welcomes the unwelcome and loves those the world calls unlovable, treating them all as beloved children of God. Sacrificial love stops and takes the time to listen to a distressed brother or sister, no matter how much else is on the calendar that day. 
It sets aside the constraints of calendars and clocks and the false importance that comes with being busy and puts others first. Sacrificial love serves others no matter what their beliefs or lifestyles are because there are no conditions on this love. Sacrificial love does not refuse anyone love or service or gospel or hope because of who they are and what they currently believe. It stands up for Jews and Muslims who are in refugee camps and prison camps and war zones just as confidently as it stands up for Christians in those camps and war zones. Sacrificial love gives more than the bare minimum dollar amount to support the church and other important charities and missions. It doesn't set an artificial percentage or dollar amount of this should cover me to financial giving, but gives above and beyond what seems reasonable or normal. Sacrificial love looks out not just for family and friends, but for all those around. In fact, it especially serves and protects those that seem the most unlikely or undeserving. Sacrificial love turns from a life lived in the shadow of death, the shallow waters of empty words, the false doctrine of giving enough, and embraces the truly loving life of sacrifice. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And the blessing and glory and wisdom and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.